This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. Today's topic is going to be about five challenges that we need to overcome as PR professionals as the media landscape shifts. And it's so ironic because um, the media landscape has been shifting since before I got into PR almost 20 years ago. And it's kind of funny because it's always shifting, right? It's always like the sky is falling with our industry. And um, as long as I've had my agency, we've always had this like, the media is dying, the media is changing. Always been on our lands, on our uh, radar. But we want to talk about how we can stay on top of and keep up with the shifting media landscape, um, you know, as new publications pop up or favorite publications that we've worked with um, go away or fold or our favorite editors go freelance or move on. Um, maybe there's new tech trends um, and that in, interferes with the way we've been doing business and clients have different expectation based on new tech that's emerging and they're wondering how you're using it. Are you using it? How are we using it ethically? All of the things. And all that matters is that you're showing up, you're paying attention, and you're looking to uh, incorporate these things in your business as you continue to grow. So um, again, media landscape constantly changing. It has been for almost 20 years since I've been in it. And we want to keep our community on the pulse of all of it. And it is a very interesting kind of mental shift to look at these these changes as challenges, like something you have to um, learn and stay on top of and not let them get the better of you or come on in kind of an unsuspecting way. So that's kind of looking at it like, oh my God, it's a challenge, it's changing, what I know is no longer the same. Or you can look at this as an opportunity, right? Some of these things can be challenges at first, um, and it might be a little difficult to adapt to them, but they're necessary shifts. And if you are one of the PR pros committed to growing, then keeping up with the times will allow you to deliver better service to your clients, um, generate bigger, better results, more targeted results, um, maybe do it a little faster. So let's try to shift that mindset from this is, you know, the sky is falling chicken little to like, okay, what does this mean for me in terms of opportunity? Challenge number one, all of our media contacts are really facing uncertainty. Newsrooms are always hectic, but we are seeing major media layoffs and, um, these widespread layoffs across digital and print have made journalists and then us as PR pros, you know, more stressed than ever. Publications, big and small, are feeling the effects of smaller newsrooms, smaller teams, um, 
there's not like back in the day, it was like you waited for the fact check and then you would talk to the editor and you got to get a sense of what the article was going to be about and just kind of confirm facts. That doesn't happen anymore. There's no fact checking. They used to ask for samples in order to shoot product or to test it. That's not happening a lot of times, um, especially not, you know, photo teams um, editing, like taking images and then editing them. That's They're just taking our images, which has been the case for quite a while. But writers are overworked. They are underpaid. Freelancers are left hanging and editing staff. They tend to be working with major delays um, because the smaller teams have things held up and the goal has been shifted away from um, visibility with eyeballs and uh, reporting on things to, you know, that their uh, readership might be interested in to sales. You know, we're working with commerce editors that are looking at each feature as an opportunity to generate affiliate revenue, which is just a shift in the way the game is played. And we have to stay on top of the rules of the game so we can effectively navigate this for our clients. Um, But one thing we're seeing as well is that the writers that are shifting to freelance when they're getting laid off, they're also sometimes striking out on their own with a consulting agency with um, developing their own content that's gated with a payment through Substack. Always excellent content. uh, content. Um, If a writer that you have worked with ends up opening their own Substack, which is a newsletter service that they can deliver to your inbox, you subscribe to it. There's sometimes free content and then there is paid content. If that writer has been somebody you've worked with and they have uh, content that's um, geared towards your niche or you know that they cover your clients' niches, absolutely subscribe to their Substack and probably you should be paying for their um, gated content because it's always been excellent. And inside the Pitch Lab, which is our membership program and community, We're going to give you all kinds of uh, timely, relevant, targeted pitch angles every month. We create these execution plans that are like 50, 60, 70 pages uh, with editorial themes. Very easy to navigate. Nicole is in it too. Yeah. So inside the pitch lab, we're always trying to give resources to our PR pros to stay on top of these trends. And we share a list of our favorite sub stacks from our editorial friends and recommend you subscribe to the paid content. And it's not super expensive, but it's very informative. So you want to keep an eye as changes happen in the newsroom, keep an eye on your media contacts, social pages and LinkedIn, and just kind of see where they end up. Cause us as PR pros, we are there to support media contacts where we can. Um, It's really hard for us, but think about how challenging it is for our journalist and writer friends. They are, um, you know, if there's uncertainty with their roles and they're working freelance, they're writing a lot of content that isn't really well paid. Um, They have to crank out a lot more content. So you want to be a key resource to your journalist friends by offering yourself up as a resource for last minute stories. 
And that could be sharing a contact you have that's not even a client, something that's aligned with what they're looking for. You just happen to have a friend, a colleague, somebody that is a great fit for them. So we can continue to show up in these ways to offer ourselves as a go-to, like you're a connector, you're somebody who wants to just help, you want to make connections with people, Um, they have last minute stories, you're going to give them something that's going to help move them forward quickly and achieve their goal. And, you know, it's, it's just something we do without expecting anything in return. It's what, you know, we go into PR because we our connectors. We love um, helping people, amplifying voices of people and causes and products and services we believe in. And so when you can do that, even if it's not a client, it benefits everyone. So that is how you handle this challenge with major media layoffs. You are supporting your journalist friends, offering yourself up as a resource, and also respecting their time and their inbox is being crowded, and you're only sending out pitches that are truly relevant to your media contact, and you are frictionless, right? You're not the squeaky wheel. You'll you'll be flexible if timelines change due to, let's say, layoffs or smaller teams, so there are publishing delays. Like, you're not going to be the one that pitches a fit, and says, well, you told me that this was coming out then, or, um, you know, things change too. Like, why isn't my client in the story? We know that these things change all the time. Your client might also be in a story and it'll get republished and maybe they're not included in the republishing of that story. And what that shows me is that it's an affiliate driven article. The story is doing well SEO wise, but your client's product isn't converting when it comes to affiliate sales. So do you want to burn a bridge and get upset with the writer who decided to update the story and remove your client for a better moving product? Or do you want to keep an eye on how they're working through those challenges and think about how you can offer something that might be a better fit for their audience or might be more relevant or actually might convert and move the needle for them? So if you choose to get mad and say, well, why did you take my, you know, screen grab it, right? So just grab it while you can um, and share it with the client. But if it disappears, at least you have the screen grab and uh, you then know that it probably got removed from the story because it wasn't doing well. And maybe you can help troubleshoot and figure out why that is. So challenge number two, AI emerging tech. Twitter is now X. I got in when X was brand spanking new, like one of the very early adopters. Um, And it was always like, this is going to change PR and the way we work forever. Um, You know, we have new technology constantly popping up across industries, but the biggest one right now that PR pros will be dealing with, will be needing to learn is AI. So There are some negative effects of AI that we have seen kind of already rippling through our world in PR, but we have to embrace it. AI is (laughs) not going anywhere, and it's only going to just gear up to be more advanced, um, more, you know, kind of smart and 
going to continue to grow and evolve and seem more human-like in its results. And PR pros, we have to, like everything that's happened in our industry, we have to shift to accommodate it. And embracing AI is the only way that we can overcome this challenge because I truly feel, sorry to say it, but those who do not embrace AI will get left behind as this tech continues to evolve. It's just going to happen. So we may hate it. That's fine. I mean, I'm an old dog and I don't want to learn new tricks, but we kind of have to. So you can still hate it, but you still have to embrace it and use it. There's some really cool AI tools out there for creating art and images and virtual things that seem really um, realistic and, and lifelike, and they're just super, super cool. There's a lot of good that is coming out of it. But how do you deal with AI in your agency? You know, that's up to you. But most important thing that we strongly reinforce with our community is just use it ethically. Um, so you've got the text-based tools like ChatGPT, um, Bard, there's other platforms that are emerging, but they will scour the internet for information. They will spit out what they find in like enlightening, you know, record time. But what this means is that the results could be completely plagiarized. It could be totally inaccurate. Um, you don't know. And so everything you get from AI from a program like ChatGPT, it needs to be fact-checked. It has to be heavily edited so that you can ensure that all of the copy is actually your own and it is factually accurate. Um, if you create something, let's say you ask ChatGPT to write a book on a certain topic and you give it like an outline and you're like, fill this in with a book. Um, you take that and it's not edited significantly. You don't own the copyright to that. So if you publish a book, you do not own the copyright. You are not the originator of that copyright. ChatGPT is probably some of it is, is plagiarized or pulled from large sections that they have found on the internet. And if you don't fact check it, you don't know how accurate it is. So you want to be transparent also with your client about how you're using AI, whether that is just productivity tools like Grammarly, but you want to let your clients know how you are implementing content generation tools like ChatGPT and answer their questions honestly, be open about the role AI plays in your agency. Um, we put out a, a little resource called Powerhouse Prompts um, and we put together some prompts that you can use to save you time, to help make your job easier for research and idea generation. It's just like thought starters. If you're like me and you can't stare at a blank page without feeling anxiety or feeling uh, like it's a very overwhelming and daunting thing to start from zero, that's where AI can really come in handy. Um, but it just always use it ethically, which means uh, putting it in your own words, it means fact-checking and also letting clients know how AI plays a role 
in your agency, letting them know you are a savvy pro using this great time-saving tool to get them better results faster, not that they could just go into ChatGPT and do your job and they don't need you or that you are cutting corners. It's not about that. It's about faster um you know, more ideas than you could come up with on your own or different angles that you didn't think of. So that's how you can incorporate AI and all of these emerging tech tools. Number three, the challenge, this one is going to slap you right in the face. Um, clients that have smaller budgets, smaller client budgets. This is a big challenge because inflation it's not just affecting everyday people. Our clients are feeling the heat of growing costs in all areas. And their budgets are shrinking because of it. Hearing about budget cuts is scary for any entrepreneur. But because many clients may not totally understand the true value of PR, it is extra scary for us. Because it's so like in the ether, you know, it's like, what, are, what's the ROI? What's the tangible? How am I measuring this? Um, why does it take so long? You know, what even is this? Do I need this? It's something they can just, they could look at their budget and say, that's a cost savings right there. Let's just not do it. But you really need to make sure that your client is clear on the value and impact of your services. Um, we also, um, have survived quite a few economic downturns in 20 years. I mean, before the pandemic, it was like at least two major um, economic, you know, they didn't say um, depressions. They called them like economic slowdowns or recessions. And we were okay. The clients that stayed with us, they weathered the storm too because they didn't stop their promotional and visibility efforts and they when other companies cut back, they were able to use various promotional strategies to gain market share, to stay top of mind with customers. And they stayed with us. We were able to show them that keeping the momentum going would be to their advantage because their competitors were cutting back and they could just use that opportunity to gain market share. So one of the things you can do is use data, use statistics to show the impact of your efforts, the importance of your work to your client's brand. When you appeal to them as business people, you know, they're business people, they want to see the numbers, then it shows them that, you know, you can trace a clear line between their investment in your work and the results of your efforts so that they really understand the power of PR and that will speak to their logical side that shows that this is a really valuable use of their limited budget. You know, even when clients understand the power of PR um, and they want to keep their retainer active, they want to stay with you, sometimes budget cuts can get in the way still. So I never want to just say goodbye to a client especially if they've been really happy and it's just about a budget decision. So that's when we come in with the mindset of being a partner and we uh, are flexible when we deal with clients. So are there services that maybe are offered in your retainer 
that clients aren't using or that really haven't had great ROI in uh, their results or your client services just aren't um, really benefiting from that piece, then cut them out and reduce the retainer. Um, you know, something with a client is better than nothing. You know, hopefully they'll come back when they have the ability to have a more kind of robust plan. But in the meantime, maybe think about a la carte services. I, you guys know I don't love that, but it's better than nothing um, with the client that is happy. You want to just keep them in the door. You want to keep them sticking around, paying, paying something to keep you on board. You're still in the mix. So they're only at that point with a la carte paying for exactly what they need. They're still part of your client roster and you're working with a, a limited budget and making it work and keeping them around and showing them you're a partner. So that's how we help combat that challenge. Um, number four I have for you is these generational marketing shifts. So every generation generation with a G, not generation with a J. Every generation has different priorities than the last. And with the majority of Gen Z now being in their 20s, you need to adapt to their wants. So yeah, this is like a big, big shift. And we're seeing it a lot with what's happening in the world right now. Um, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is like misinformation that are forming some of these Gen Z opinions. But we know, and we've talked about this in our trend report, that value-based storytelling, major trend right now. Um, that's one side of it is like the storytelling aspect, but the Gen Zers, they're looking for that true commitment to those values. They want to support brands who walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So this is when we can step in, encourage our clients to make a strong commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, be really transparent about it in their campaigns, um, especially where there are diverse board members or, uh, you know, underrepresented groups as the founders of the company. Um, and, you know, you hope that what their values are, are based on real world accurate information. I'm just seeing so much factually inaccurate stuff online right now. And younger generations are not doing research. They're not actually looking at complex issues. They're just seeing like a TikTok trend and jumping on it. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But that is what the generation Gen Z is. And they want a commitment to those values. And they're passionately voting with their dollars for brands that they believe in. Um, the next up after Gen Z is Generation Alpha. Okay. This is my son's age, ages basically. So the oldest members of Generation Alpha, they're about 13, but their wants, this is like they're around 2010, right, is when they're born, but their wants will start to make their way into our PR priorities sooner than we think. Um, and so kind of interesting because we can see what their, what catches their attention. <laughs> it's not always good, right? Um, they're doing very little thinking and it's very impulsive. I'm just, it's going to be interesting to see. This is the generation that 
um, went to elementary school in the middle of COVID. Um, this is how they socialize is online. Um, you know, they get their connection with friends through online chats while they're playing games. At least my boys do. So it's different. Um, so think about all these different demographics and whatever your client is targeting, you want to think through like who their actual target audience is because Gen Xers, Gen Z teens, Generation Alpha, Baby Boomers, they're all different. They're different in their mindsets, their values, their purchasing decisions. It's just like, blah. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's really uh, important to kind of figure out the key demographic and focus your marketing efforts, your positioning to appeal to that demographic while also not alienating others. But Generation Alpha, they're coming. And the last one I have for you, this challenge is clients who want more than just PR. And I don't say just PR, like oh, it's just PR, but it's really understanding um, that, well, they'll come into the relationship thinking that um, PR is going to take care of every aspect of their communications from PR, marketing, sales, advertising, social media. Maybe you do all of that. Um, do they really want a, a one-stop shop for all their needs, especially um, when they're dealing with these smaller budgets and they're like, we want it all and we want to pay less. That's, you know, challenging. So you want to really figure out during your discovery call what your client's expectations are and are they genuinely aligned with what is possible, you know, and especially what's possible for you to do and what you want to do. You know, just because you talk to a client and you're like, I love this brand, I really want to work with them, but they want me to do Facebook advertising and social media posts and write their newsletter. If you're not doing those things, that's going to be really challenging for you. But this is kind of the trend we're seeing is that clients want it all. They want to have one point of contact and they don't want to pay more for it. So on that call, the very first point of contact with them, the first discussion that you can kindly set them on the right path. When they say like, you know, for example, they say, well, we want a dozen press placements within the first month because we're launching this amazing thing. Um, they want a massive uptick in sales or some national TV spot. They want to be on Good Morning America and they want to be on, um, you know, The View within a matter of weeks. You have to step in and be honest with them about what's possible. Give them in your proposal deck, uh, we call it like a capabilities deck, proposal light, you know, because we're not giving a ton of strat, we're not giving any strategy, but um, you are going to have in there case studies and testimonials that will show off your successes so they can start to see happy, satisfied clients that are similar companies or in the same industry as them are pleased with these results. And it's not what they're expecting. It's more grounded in reality because otherwise they're never going to be satisfied. So if you want to take on all the things, you want to offer more services than just PR, that's great. You know, go ahead and do that. That is um, one way to bring in more revenue and expand your agency. But 
I am always here to remind all of us, including myself, that we want to take on clients that we love, that light us up, we're excited about, and also provide services that we enjoy, that we're going to want to do long-term, that we're good at, that we have the team structure in place to execute. So you want to take stock of your team member strengths. Like if you have a really fantastic writer on your team, consider adding copywriting services if he or she is is open to expanding their um, support of your clients' businesses and this is a, a skill they have that will benefit them. Consider also adding to the freelancers that you're able to integrate in your agency and expand your offerings beyond your own team's capabilities, right? Like you could bring in this amazing nimble team that's willing to work under you and provide we've done this with um visual content creation for social media or influencer seating or strategic partnerships uh you can bring on white labeled services from another agency usually like a younger company um, less established more of a startup um that will be thrilled to have the work thrilled to have the uh money coming in but not have to deal with all the risk that comes with like maybe a client doesn't pay. You absorb that risk and they're white labeling. Um, now we're calling it uh, private labeling and they're working under, under your agency. It's still your client. You can set up those freelancer rules, whatever it looks like, so that they don't take that work away from you or they don't kind of claim your client as their own if that's the way you want it to be structured. But this gives you the ability to support the client with like one umbrella for all of these services without you having to learn a whole other skill and you can fill out and sort of like amp up your retainer offerings. So um, these are the five challenges that we've identified. We've got um, major media layoffs. We've got to be a partner to our our uh, writing and editorial friends and just be there and helpful for them. Challenge number two, AI and emerging tech. Embrace it. We love AI. It's going to help save us time. Um, don't hate it. <laughs> Use it. Uh, smaller client budgets. We don't want to say goodbye. We want to be flexible. We want to make sure that we are approaching our clients with a partnership mindset and figure out how to make it work um, and cut services to keep them on board, work with their budgets, and keep them happy. Um, we also have these generational marketing shifts. We've got Generation Alpha. Um, we've got Gen Z, Baby Boomers, Gen X, like all the things. So um, 2010 and younger, Gen Alpha, what are these... What do these people care about? What are their big um, mindset decisions they're making when buying or supporting a company? Um, and like, how do you choose the importance of the different um, the different uh, generations and what their focus is? Like, how do you decide who to cater to? You know, it's really about who you're client's target audiences, and then you can kind of hone in on what their um, passions are, what's the word, like the things that matter most to them, their values. Um, and then challenge five is clients who want more than just PR. They want all the things. Maybe they don't want to pay for it. I don't want you to have to learn all of those things like setting up landing pages and 
writing emails, scheduling emails, updating their website. These are things I used to do for clients. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll update your site. I'll add new copy. I'll write all of the captions for all of your products. Like what? So if there are things that are outside of scope or something you just don't want to learn, you know, bring in somebody or tell the client, you know, this just isn't uh, what we offer. This isn't what our core value is to you, writing captions for your products on the website. Like that's what happens when you're running from like a fear-based mindset. Like they're going to leave, they're going to leave, and I'm going to just be left in the dust. Um, they don't leave. <laughs> they just try to pawn off extra responsibilities on you without paying for it. So beware of that. So that's what I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.